What's up, everybody? Welcome into Living Off the Land. This is episode 219. I'm your host, Dan, uh, in the saddle uh, with my co-host, Stephen. Stephen, how are we doing today? I'm doing just fine. And you? Fresh haircut, I see. Yeah. Feeling good? Mm-hmm. That summer weather, short hair? Yeah. Just getting to be a little much. You it's know? hot. Once, it's once hot. you get to... You know, 90 degrees like we've been the last couple of days. You know, did we actually, as, as you uh, mentioned to me yesterday, uh, yesterday was our 10th day of 90-plus degree weather this year. That's actually more than we had in all of 2021. Three more. Which isn't surprising to me given that uh, the whole first half of summer last year, it seemed like it was just rainy constantly last year, and it's been much more dry this year. Yeah, so. of course. A year where I'm trying to grow grass in my yard. Hmm. But anyway, alas, uh, yeah, thanks for uh, listening to episode 219 of Living Off the Land. Maybe uh, your grass is like the Guardians. They're going to wait till September to win. Oh, yeah. What a rough week the Guardians had. We'll get into that rough. later. Oh. Yeah, capital R, rough there. Uh, but anyway, you heard the crack of the beer can as we uh, came on the air here. So it's time to talk about the beer of the week. And uh, this is a special one. This is a special local beer. Uh, we're going, uh, this might be the first or second time we've ever had this brewery on the podcast. I think it might be second. Uh, we're going to the Jolly Scholar, which is uh, on the east side of Cleveland. Sort of east side. It's uh, University Circle area, I believe. Uh, no, uh, by Case Western, over by uh, uh, University Hospital uh, over there. So, uh, Jolly Scholar. I didn't know that was over there. Yeah. So, we are, well, I am, because Steve doesn't drink beer, but uh, I am drinking Jolly Scholar's cold beer here, and it is an American craft lager, and it is a tribute to uh, a cult hero within uh, Cleveland, and have if you've ever gone to a Guardians, back in the day Indians, Cavs, or Browns game... You should know what I'm about to say. It's the beer guy! Cold beer! Classic. This guy is a mainstay at every sporting event. Less the beer guy Flake has been undefeated as the best beer vendor in the world. To honor his hard work, the Jolly Scholar and Les have teamed up on an American craft lager that will forever be Cleveland's undefeated craft lager. Quote, Cold beer here. I I don't remember him ever saying cold beer here. Well, it's well, it's just like you said. Yeah. I mean, he, he doesn't say him in secession. It's the beer guy. Yeah. Cold beer. I'll never forget the one. I can't remember. I think it was at a Guardians game, and uh, he he <laughs> he always you know doing this for forty years. He always had his different iterations of his favorite uh, slogan to get people's attention to buy his beer. Mm-hmm. And I said it right before we went on the air. You know, you just you're at the Guardians game, you're just watching the game, whatever, and you hear from behind in your section, you just hear somebody yell, "It's a bird, it's a plane." No, actually, it's the beer guy. 
is the best, man. I mean, we grew up on this guy ever since yep. we were going to any Cleveland sport event. I mean, like you said, on, it says on the can for 40 years. I mean, longer than we've been alive. He's at every single home Guardians, Cavaliers, or yeah. uh, Browns game. He's at every single one. You know what I've, ne- I've, I've never— Probably has the Monsters, too. You know what I've never known is uh, how much do those uh, beer vendors make at games? I have not the slightest idea. No idea. Because, you know, obviously they make tips. You know, people tip them. Yeah. Um. But I don't know. You know, I've never, you know, you don't you don't ask somebody how much you make. So it's not like, you know, when he's getting you a beer or a hot dog or whatever, you're like, hey, how much you bring in today? Or something like that. But uh, I've, I've always been curious. Like, is it something where, like, you can make a living on and do not? Because, you know, he does he does Cavs, Guardians, and Browns. I mean, he's, he's, he's working all year round. Yeah. You'd be able to work during the day with that schedule, too. You That's know, true. Just, you know. That's true. I, uh, yeah, I'm not sure, but uh, what I'm wondering is, is if the is this guy on Instagram and TikTok? Oh, I have no idea. Because he would be a scene on on both, especially TikTok. I don't know. You would think that would be a smart thing for him to do. Is to be I mean, a... he's he's not really in that you know age demographic to where you know you'd usually see people like that on there. But like, hey, I mean, yeah, I don't know. There's an account for Less Beer Guy Flake, but only has uh, one post, so I don't know if it's him or if it's... Or if it's a parody account. Yeah. But, uh, you know, uh, God bless, man. I haven't been to... I I went to one Guardians game uh, this season so far, and we only stayed for, like, like the first, like, five innings because it started to rain. And uh, rain? What is that? I don't know what that is. Rain. We got a lot of that recently. No. We got like 10 minutes of rain like last week. That was so two months ago. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but anyway, uh, so this is an American craft lager, cold beer here. I love the can because it's got a, a picture of Les, and uh, it's got his uh, – <laughs> here's another one. It's not the tax man, not the gas man, the beer guy's here, cold beer. He's the best, man. Good thing it's not the tax man. Oh, God. <laughs> And the gas man. Oh, yeah, that too. Gas man. How the hell do they know that I got gas? I don't know. Name that movie. Oh, come on. Dumb and Dumber? Oh, really? Come on! <sighs> Is that the beginning of the movie when, when they uh, they skip town and they go to Aspen and they leave a note on the door? And the uh, the guy sees it, says "gas man." He goes, "They they left it for like right the utilities. Like mm-hmm. you forgot to pay the gas bill. You realize what you've done." And then uh, he's like, looks at the box, "Gas man, how the hell do they know that I got gas?" Was this after they came up the mountain, frozen on the on no. the motorbike after no, getting this away? Is the, the beginning. This is the no. beginning of the movie. Okay. Uh, so anyway, back to the beer. Um, honestly, it just it, it tastes like exactly what it says. It tastes like a craft lager. It tastes like a uh, Budweiser, Budweiser with a little bit of an extra kick to it. Um, so if you're a fan of lagers, if you're a fan of full-flavored lagers, you're going to love this beer. Um, I got it at Max Beverage. Shout-out to Max on Ridge Road uh, in Parma. And uh, let's see. It's actually it's brewed and it's canned by Sibling Revelry for the Jolly Scholar Brewing Company. So it looks like a bit of a uh, collaboration. And uh, so, 
It's a little bit of east side meets west side. Well, I think probably probably because Jolly Scholar didn't have the, the the brewing and canning capacity to be able to mass produce this beer and uh, have it available all over the city. So mm. I gotta sneeze. Uh oh. Ah. So the Jolly Scholar is a oh. brew pub on the campus of Case Western Reserve University. It's right across the literally right across Euclid from the University Hospital's main campus. One 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 one. That's very easy to remember. <laughs> one 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 Euclid Avenue, Cleveland, Ohio. And again, right right across from UH, right in the University Circle neighborhood. And they have they have a full menu. They're uh, they're open every day. So if you are in that area, it's a great to place Jolly to check Scholar. out. Yep. Yeah, I've actually never been there. Um, I don't get out to the east side a lot. I didn't even know it was there because I've I've driven by that many, 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 many times. Yeah, I see it every single time I go to the Feast of the Assumption uh, in the summertime, which, by the way, is coming up. Coming up in about Hell a month yeah. or so. In a month. It's always uh, second or third weekend in August. Definitely a upcoming B-Can segment. <coughs> oh, hell yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so Jolly Scholar, uh, check them out. And uh, if you see this anywhere, I mean, if you see you see uh, less on a can, definitely uh, definitely get it. Support uh, the Jolly Scholar. They're a small local brewery uh, located, like we said, on the east side by Case Western Reserve uh, on the campus there, actually. And, uh, yeah, so I'm going to go ahead and give this beer a uh, 7-1. Uh, pretty good. Again, no frills. It's just a lager. It's just a full-body lager. So, but, uh, yeah, definitely uh, – Definitely uh, check this out. It was ten ninety nine for a six pack, which is pretty standard for uh, craft beer. Um, and yeah, check it out. So that was beer of the week. All right, let's get to know neighborhood. So, so far we have gone over sixteen neighborhoods in Cleveland. We've gone outside the Cleveland city limits twice, uh, just adjacent to the city, going to Parma and to East Cleveland tonight. We're going to hit an area that doesn't even touch the Cleveland city limits for the first time. And that is our hometown of Strongsville. Let's go. Yes. Go Mustangs, baby. So the reason I'm doing Strongsville tonight is... Home, home of the strong, by the way. Is because this might be... This beginning, this 11-day stretch or so, might be the biggest time of the year in the city of Strongsville. Within the next 11 days, we're going to have the Strongsville Homecoming Festival... We're going to have the, which of course has the homecoming parade and all of that uh, hoopla. You've got the Strongsville Swim League Championships this weekend. You've Mm. got the Youth Baseball Championships this weekend. Mm. And then next weekend, you have the Adidas National Soccer Showcase, which showcases uh, high school age soccer players and teams from all over the region. And this is an event that's been going on for almost darn near 20 years now. uh, We each have a brother that have uh, participated in that. That is past. correct. Uh, Matthew, of course, was starting goaltender for Strongsville, and uh, Anthony, I believe, was uh, – I don't know if – I remember if he was a midfielder or a forward, but uh, they both had their time in the program, a program that's done very well over the years. In fact, Strongsville really is just a soccer factory pretty much, uh, partic- particularly on the girls' side where they've won multiple state championships within the last uh, 10, 15 years. Anyway, getting back onto it, the the geography of Strongsville is remarkably simple. It's pretty much a square other than just one little doohickey up on the north side. Uh, It's bounded by Sprague Road on the north end. It's bounded by Marks Road in the west. 
by Boston Road in the south and by West 130th Street in the east. So to actually get to Cleveland from there, you have to go through Middlebrook Heights and then either Brook Park or Parma to get there. But it's very easy to get to down I-71, only about 20 minutes from downtown Cleveland. And this neighborhood is the most, other than like the very inner portion of Cleveland, like downtown Ohio City and Tremont, this is the most upper-class territory we've treaded on thus far. Uh, average home price in Strongsville, you're talking anywhere between th you know, $250,000 to $400,000 pretty much. Uh, and there's some areas that even go above that, particularly on the corridor uh, north of 82 along Webs Webster Road where you have a whole bunch of new developments there. That is where the old Albion Middle School used to be, which is where we went to middle school, but it is no longer there, regrettably. Nope, it's a dirt patch. Um, Right across the street from there is actually the Belarusian Events Center, which is where I had my wedding. Shout out. Um, but if you talk about the main commercial corridors, there are plenty in this city. I'm actually going to go a little bit off the beaten path to start with. Along Prospect Road, which is on the west side of town, uh, the northwest side of town is actually a little bit of a bar crawl of sorts where you have – uh, places like Mulligan's, you got Slim and Chubby's, you had a place called Molly McGee's, or at least you did before the guy uh, got busted for not paying his taxes. It is now out. a barrio. Uh, yeah, actually, which is uh, which is great, uh, Barrio Strongsville, which is uh, just south of the corner of Westwood Drive and Prospect Road. Um, as you as you murk your way more toward the central portion of the city, that's where you where the main town square is. Um, where you have the clock tower, which is, uh, and the water tower, which is all green, which is actually, it didn't used to be, but they repainted it a few years ago. So it's actually kind of unique in that sense. I don't know of any other green water towers. Mitchell's ice cream is right on that uh, little strip of land, which is awesome because Mitchell's is amazing. So you go northbound on Pearl Road, you just go through all sorts of businesses. That's, you have, you pass several car dealerships, Alfa Romeo, Fiat, the Strongsville is up there. Uh, as you get down into the valley where you cross Valley Parkway, that's where Bonnie Park is. Mm -hmm. That is your sort of uh, apex of the park district in Strongsville. Bonnie, uh, Bonnie Park just had uh, the uh, ribbon cutting after all the renovations that they've done down there. They've done a week. lot of stuff. Because, like, it used to be more of a entertainment hangout, play, you know, on the ball fields yeah. and stuff. They've, like, redone it almost more into a – more of a natural wetland, which is what it used to be years and years ago. And, you know, this was a project that I was actually a little bit critical of uh, with the Cleveland Metro Parks. Normally, pretty much everything the Cleveland Metro Parks touches just turns to gold. But I couldn't figure out for the life of me why they were digging up so much of the Bonnie Park area and making it inaccessible to people. But now that it's done, I can sort of understand why they did it. It mm. just it just seems to work. You know, most of the people that go to Bonnie Park nowadays are going there to bike, to run, to you know, use the trails. Uh, if, you've, if you've got a horse, they use the bridle paths. You know, so they're not really – they weren't use, really making full use of the grass areas anyway. So, again, the Cleveland Metro Parks, pretty much everything they do is just excellent. And one other area in this park, right near where Valley Parkway goes under I-71, is the Chalet Recreation Area. And this is where you have the Go Ape tree line zip line adventure, as well as the toboggan shoots, which are the only dual ice shoots in the state of Ohio. 
And I actually find that kind of amazing, given that the terrain in Strongsville isn't even that uh, isn't even that hilly for the most part. Yeah. But um, they found yeah, the one. That's that's pretty unique, actually. Uh, that we've got that right then and there. And then as you come down toward the east side, as you follow the park to the east side of the city, where it intersects Route 82, that's where Camp Cheerful is. Uh, that is a, you know, it, it's it's not a super expansive camp area, but it's it's uh, a, a nice little retreat for. Uh, certain organizations that have events there as you go back across i-71 now here's where here's where you get to the real meat and potatoes of the commercial corridor in strongsville when you come up the hill going over i-71 this is where you come up to places like chick-fil-a uh the the uh the cleveland clinic location there and then ledgewood plaza is over there that's uh and then of course across the street from there is south park mall which is the second largest mall in the state of ohio polo club apartments too only surpassed by the one at easton on the east side of columbus and this place has over 100 stores it's a double decker mall it has five anchor stores it used to have six but no sears anymore eh. yeah um so whether no matter what you're into, no matter what sort of style you have, you can pretty much find it at South Park. Like the only major um, anchor store that I can think of that they don't have there is Nordstrom, and there's only one in the region that's out in Beechwood. So, I mean, you can pretty much. I mean, you could easily. There's spend not a hours Nord- There's there. not a Nordstrom or Crocker Park. There, no, there actually, there's not. Oh. Uh, a lot, a lot of your, you know, top stores that you see in in typical malls, places like Route 21, Forever 21, uh, Shoe Department. Uh, you pretty much name it, Books a Million. You pretty much name any one of these, it's it's in there. Uh, Dicks. Dicks. Well, yep, it's got Dicks. <laughs> Don't have a BJ's though. <laughs> That's in North Olmstead. Uh, well, there's a BJ's in Middleburg Heights. Yeah, that's that's right. Yeah. And we're talking wholesale uh, store here, not uh, get your mind out of the. Oh, that's gutter. not. Oh, that's not even what I was thinking of. I was thinking of the brew house. Oh, <laughs> no, I was thinking of the wholesale. Wholesale. Yeah, that's that's ba- true. basically like you the gotta, ba- like the baby Costco. You gotta specify which BJ's you're talking yeah, about hey. here. Easy. Hello. Hello. Anyway, we keep it classy and strong, so we don't have to deal with that. Uh, yeah. Anyway, as don't, you don't. Don't uh, don't go to dicks.com. Go to dicksportinggoods.com. <laughs> Public you know, service announcement. Yeah, PSA. Oh man, oh, oh, oh. This, this is getting crazy here. Um, as you turn away from South Park, get down southbound on Pearl Road. That's where you pass the Market District, Giant Eagle, and a bunch of other places. Um, St. John Newman Church. Still salty. Is, they took away the putt putt uh, place. Oh, and the driving Strongsville range. Golf and King of Cones, which was cited. Uh, many times by Channel 19's clean up segment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? But it was our, it was our putt putt place. Yeah, may have been a shithole, but it was our shithole. Yeah, now we just have a huge grocery store there. Big ass giant eagle. St. John Newman Church is right next to there. That's where I went to church for many, many, many years. Shout out. As you go a little bit further south past Drake Road, that's where you have possible. Actually, no, before you get to Drake Road is my favorite restaurant in the whole city, Shinto Japanese Steakhouse. Love Shinto. Awesome. Samurai's better. Oh, he's going with Samurai. But I didn't mention Samurai. Samurai's in the complex opposite South Park on Route 82. 
Dan with the haymaker going with Samurai over Shinto. How about that? Yeah. Truth be told, I had a, I had a date experience that went horribly wrong at Shinto. So. Oh my. This was years ago. Actually, this is this is not recently. I actually had one of the managers at Shinto on my lift car at 2 a.m. one time. Hey, that was, that was, was, it, was it Mike Jones? No, no but it was <laughs> Mike Jones. If you don't know, is one, is one of the chefs at Shinto, and he yeah. is extremely demonstrative, and he is just amazing if you get him at your table. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, pretty. I mean, we've we've pretty much covered most of it here. Um, you know, most of the. Um, Recreation, you know, like ball fields and stuff are over by toward the high school. If you go by over onto the west side of town, and then it, you know, the uh, the main industrial park is on the southwest side of the city, just uh, just past, yeah. And then you got Waterford the nor- you got crossing. the you got the northern end, which is which is uh, seems like being developed more and more every day, especially with uh, fast food I- uh, type places. You know, um, just when you cross over into Middleburg Heights, this is where the, the Buffalo Wild Wings is. This is where Walmart and Lowe's and, and Home Depot are. But you're talking you also, about you're talking about they put an Arby's in where the Mad Cactus used to be. That's right. Uh Culver's is out there. Freddy's is out there now. Shout out Culver's. Culver's Butterburgers and Frozen Custard, they are probably my favorite fast food of anybody now. They are Even fantastic. more so than Chick fil A? Well, yeah, I think they have wow. taken past Chick Fil A at this point because their butter burgers are just incredibly good. Yeah, yeah, Culver's do, Culver's does a good job. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, there's a Starbucks uh, over there, Burger King. Uh, also, I uh, would be remiss if I didn't mention one of my favorite Italian restaurants, uh, Jay Bella, is strong as well on the north end. Yes, it is. That's uh, just to the south of the park area. Yeah, that is just north of uh, Center Middle School. J Bella or whatever they call it now. They call it, they just call it Strongsville, Strongsville Middle School. Strongsville Middle School. That's all they call it now. Yeah. They don't even technically the field. They don't even technically call it Taliak Field anymore, even though it's on the same site, which is kind of weird. Uh, yeah. Is it on the same site? It is. Oh. I mean, it may have moved like fifty yards from. Yeah, the I think it moved spot, a little bit, but like, yeah, you know, because the school the school's not in the same spot. So I don't, I don't think the field's in. The, I think not I technically. I mean, I actually think the, I actually think the I actually think the. Uh, uh, the school is where is on the Taliac site. To be honest with you, right? Um, but yeah, it's it's negligible the distance. Um, it's on the same plot of land. It's just in a different spot on the plot. Um, right across the street from there is another plaza where Goldie's Deli, one of the longtime uh, local establishments, is. They moved uh, too. Yeah, because their original they location burned down, and then they uh, they moved across the street. Yeah. And funny story, um, my dad, Philly fan, decided to shout out. Uh, Go to the Jersey Mike's, uh, which is also in that plaza the other day, to get sandwiches before he went out to Nickel Plate Beach in Huron. And he got in there, and there was one person in the store. He really? imme- it was just one person working. He immediately turned around and walked out. Okay, can I say something real quick? I don't think they're ever going to be a sponsor. The most overrated sub-sandwich place of all time <laughs> is Jersey Mike's. It's just not good. I I didn't think too highly of it to be honest. Yeah, I just I I'm just not a fan. What I mean, whatever. If you if you like Jersey Mike's, that's fine. I I didn't like it. As bad as Subway. Subway's not even same. That's not even real food at this point. That's just <laughs> synthetic like like nonsense. Yeah, anything's better than Subway. I know you. Di- I know you. Dis- even get on that topic. Oh, I know no, you. Dis- I'm, I'm not. No. See, I've I've soured on Subway too to okay. a certain degree. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. like because now like no in in that space the the game has changed. Now when you have places like 
Chick-fil-A, Raising Cane's, and Culver's that are coming in and raising the bar and Freddy's. Well, I mean, you, I, I think you have to you, know, I, you have to compare apples to apples. I mean, Subway's not like any of those places. Not te- it's a, it's a not sub really, shop. but it's like a sandwich shop. But like. When you consider the whole ball of wax, I mean, okay, so if I'm going to do a direct comparison, so like, like, we're, we're like talking about Burger King and McDonald's compared to Culver's, like, what, are you kidding me? You know? It's, right, but I mean, like, like, okay, so we have to compare, like, let's just stay in Strongsville. We have all to compare, of them are in Strongsville, like, by the way, because like, we have everything shops. cool. We have literally every one of everything that's well, cool. Neither of us live in Strongsville anymore, so we can't say we, but. Oh, God. Um, but, like, I would, I would highly rate Firehouse Subs over uh, Jersey Mike's. Agreed. Uh, DeBella's, obviously. Um, what else is Firehouse there? is also in Strongsville Fire, uh-huh. yeah Firehouse is in the plaza with the great escape Firehouse is escape your everyday shop the great escape um, where I bought a whole bunch of deck chairs and I've used them like three times shout let's out let's see I'm trying to think what other sub what other sub sandwich places are around in Strongsville oh, I mean Jimmy John's DeBellas is there Jimmy oh I said DeBellas oh Jimmy John's Jimmy John's yep yeah, right along Pearl freaky fast free uh, smells my brother used to work there, actually. That was his first job. Uh, and you know, there's I'm sure there's others, but uh, but yeah, I'm just I don't I don't as as our uh, as our folks across the pond would say, uh, I don't rate uh, I don't rate uh, Jersey I don't rate Mikes. Jersey Mike's. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, yeah. Anything else? Uh just uh, that just about does it. I mean, they're, they're rebuilding the Urnfeld covered bridge, actually, which is a little bit, which is also in the park. I failed to mention that. Uh, that bridge was originally built in 1949, but uh, after 70 years, it was in need of a facelift. They actually tore it down. They're rebuilding a new bridge right now. Lots of good, so. met- surprisingly, I mean, we always knew this, but lots of good metro parks areas in Strongsville. Lots. And it's a good thing because outside of that uh, reservation, we did we didn't find a tree that we didn't want to cut down. Yeah. Pretty much. Right. Which is now being replicated in other areas a little further out from Cleveland, places like Brunswick, Medina, North Ridgeville, et cetera. Uh, progress at its finest, folks. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So So yeah. that does it. That is Strongsville. That's our third suburb that we have done. The first yeah. one that doesn't actually touch the Cleveland City line, but it's still in Cuyahoga County. So yeah, you can wham that one with the right hand, and it is going to be a happening place for each of the next two weekends. So great yeah. time to get out to the Ville Strongsville yeah. Homecoming Festival this weekend, uh, Wednesday through Saturday, and then of course the Adidas National Showcase uh, is the following week down at the uh, Ernfeld Soccer Complex, which is on Fultz Industrial Parkway. Absolutely. All right. Cool. Like I said, you can wham that one home with the right hand. Wham with the right hand. <laughs> All right, so uh, ESPN. Let's let's talk some sports here, and I want to talk to quarterbacks because uh, it's going to be a very quarterback heavy uh, episode tonight. And I want to talk quarterbacks. Uh, ESPN put out a ranking of the top quarterbacks for twenty twenty two, the top ten. Okay. And I want to run through this, Steve. You have not seen this, have you? I have not seen this, okay. so this is perfect. So I want to run through this for you okay. and uh, get your thoughts. Uh, okay. s- stop me when you think. Uh, You're going to count down from 10 to 1 or 1 to 10? 10. 10 to 1? Uh, yeah, let's do 10 to 1. So you okay. don't have to stop me because I think you're going to stop me at 10. All right. Uh, number 10 on this list, Dak Prescott. Mm. 
actually oh, maybe, maybe lower not. than I thought. Okay. Really? Yeah. Okay. Number nine, the new quarterback of the Cleveland Browns, Deshaun Watson. Okay. That's kind of a hard one to rate, but uh, yeah. all right. Number eight, new sheriff in Denver, Russell Wilson. Okay. Uh, number seven, the long-haired California kid, Justin Herbert. Okay. Number six, the reigning Super Bowl champion, Matthew Stafford. These all kind of make sense to me so far. All right. Uh, number five, the other quarterback, because I, he wouldn't be termed the other quarterback because of the season he just had, but I've already read the Browns quarterback. So the other quarterback in Ohio, Joe Burrow, number five. Okay, that's the first one I disagree with. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll get into that after I yep. finish the list. Mm -hmm. Number four, the ageless wonder, the GOAT, Tom Brady. Okay. Fourth. Uh, number three, a guy who a lot of people call, uh, compare to John Elway, Josh Allen. Okay, number three. Number two, uh, Patrick Mahomes. Oh, okay. And number one, the defending MVP, Aaron Rodgers. Okay. So, ten, Prescott. Nine, Deshaun Watson. Eight, Russell Wilson. Seven, Justin Herbert. Six, Matthew Stafford. Five, Joe Burrow. Four, Tom Brady. Three, Josh Allen. Two, Pat Mahomes. And number one on the list, Aaron Rodgers. And this list is according to... Um, a select league executives, coaches, scouts, and players. So all levels of the NFL were consulted in this list. Okay. So uh, uh, notables not on this list, Lamar Jackson. I was That was the first person I was going to say. Uh, Derek Carr. Okay. Uh, who else? I'm trying to think. Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray is not on this list. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anybody else that's worth mentioning. Uh, Scanning the league, I get, uh, Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. No. Good God, no. Um, top 10? No way. Maybe if nah. you're doing top 15. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to go through the divisions. Uh, ba, 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 ba. Nobody there, nobody there, nobody there. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm drawing a blank yeah, on I mean, the rest I think of the league. Uh, you got, yeah, you got... Uh, those those three are probably the three that uh, you would think. Yeah, it seems like a pretty significant drop off one time because we mentioned Jackson and Carr, like after, and Murray. Once you get beyond them, it, it, the drop off does seem pretty steep after yeah. that. So anyway, before we get into where we maneuver this list, of those three guys, would you put any of those three guys into the top ten? And if so, who are you taking out? I would put Lamar Jackson in. I would take out Joe Burrow. Whoa! Yes. Holy smokes! Wow! I, I, don't, I don't have Joe Burrow in my top ten. Wow! And I thought I was the Joe Burrow hater. Holy. I've been consistent from the very end, like from the end of the season. He was in the Super Bowl, you know. I think I think the Bengals' run was a fluke. I think they are. You think are, they're fugues, huh? I, th I think the Bengals will not be in the postseason this year. I think wow. they're, they're the Super Bowl losers' curse is coming for them. It's it's going to be wow. hard. Like, they had literally everything break their way at the end of the last season to, to get that. Now, full disclosure, they did some things in the playoffs that I didn't think they were capable of. Most definitely, like play defense, be, beating Kansas City in Arrowhead in the AFC telegame when they're down by 18 in the first half. Like that was. That was really freaking impressive, but honestly, I, I just, mm. 
So would you put Lamar into fifth or high, where? So so you're putting no. Lamar and you're taking Burrow out. Where does your no where do your so, rankings go? So pretty much. Uh, all right. So if if I were to rate the top ten, I I would actually have Patrick Mahomes number one. Okay. I would have Josh Allen number two. Wow. Okay. I would have Tom Brady number three. Wow. All right. I would have Aaron Rodgers fourth. The back-to-back MVP is four. Interesting. Too many failures in the postseason. Yeah. I just, well, I mean, yeah. There's that. I mean, at the Packers, had, I mean, yeah. Okay, you could say they lost because of a you know a punt block or something, you know, a fluke play, but like they would have done diddly poo on offense in that that whole game. They Very probably would have won the game. But anyway, do you think? Do you think? Um, not to not to get you off your list, but. Hmm. Um, do you think Matt Stafford is only on this list because he won the Super Bowl? I think he's probably – I mean, if they didn't win the Super Bowl, they, he'd probably be, you know, toward the back end of the top ten. Yeah. But I don't think he would be sixth. Yeah. Now, I actually have him in fifth, so, like – Wow, okay. I mean, the guy was, was really good in Detroit. I mean, granted, he did, he had some really good receivers at times, but, I mean, his, I mean you let, know, he never had an elite offensive let's line. Let's state facts. running backs, so – It only happened one time, but he took the, he took the Lions to the playoffs. He did. I mean, he took the Detroit Lions to the playoff. They didn't win a game. It's impressive. I mean, Barry Sanders only did that like once or twice. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, nobody in this city seems to want to give him credit, okay. but that's a similar feat to uh, Baker Mayfield taking the Browns to the playoffs. So, finishing on my – so, again, I got Mahomes, Allen, Brady, uh, Rodgers, and Stafford as my top five. I, I have – I have – wait a minute. So, that – I was on fifth, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Stafford five, yeah. Yeah. So I have Russell Wilson sixth. Okay. I have Dak Prescott seventh. Interesting. Because I have him respect up there to because respect to a, to a well. The Cowboys. You're an Eagles fan, second, but it's but so obvious though. Like whenever he's in, Cowboys play really good offensively, and they they do things. When he's not in, they're horrendous. Yeah. But so. I, 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 like, yeah. You could say that about a lot of teams, but I was going to say, could, couldn't you? I mean, couldn't you say that about every single guy on this list? Uh, not every single guy. I mean, most, you, the majority of them, you probably could say that. But like, how much worse would the Rams be without Stafford? I mean, I think they'd still be a playoff team, quite frankly. Well, it depends on it. It depends on the quarterback depth chart. I I don't know. I don't. I don't. Oof, I don't know. I mean, you could say that. I, you, I mean, you could say you could say that 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 roster. I mean, that roster did go to a Super Bowl with Jared Goff as their quarterback, but they they also were uh, pretty bad when with Jared Goff as their quarterback. So I have a hard time believing that the Bengals wouldn't be much worse even with Joe, without Joe Burrow. So, eesh. I see. I I don't know. I, mean, I don't know if I listen. I'm not. I'm the defense no, is pretty good. Their their line's not very good. Listen, like, I'm no Joe. I'm no Joe Burrow. Like. Uh, 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 Sycophant or whatever. Like I'm not. I'm not a Joe Burrow like Stan, but I mean to say the Bengals would be anything over the last decade without Joe Burrow is. And call me, call me dunk. So to finish out the list here, I had Jack Prescott seventh, Justin Herbert was eighth, I had Lamar Jackson ninth, and. I believe I have Derek Carr tenth. I just didn't know where to really slot Deshaun Watson, given the wow. fact that he hasn't played in over a year. So I didn't have him in my top ten. Interesting. Hasn't played in a year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'll say this: talent alone, I think Deshaun Watson's in the top five. But like you said, he hasn't played in a year, and we still don't know exactly when he's going to get back on the field. 
So for him, it, it's tough to project for him. If he gives top five effort, we're going to have ourselves a hell of a season. There's no doubt about that. Oh, I don't think I don't think there's any question he's going to give top five effort. I will, maybe, maybe is he going to be a little rusty the first few games that he's back? Probably, probably, yeah. Um, but it'd be great if he didn't get suspended so he yeah. can cut his teeth against the bad teams. I mean, to start, you all, and you also have to think that this guy, this guy put up probably the some of the most prolific numbers. Uh, in the NFL in 2020 on one of the worst teams in the last probably 10 years. Yeah. I mean, he put up the numbers he put up, and the Texans went 4-12. and 12. They Well, were I mean, when your defense is horrible and you have to throw the ball 50 times every game, you know, it's it's a good situation for you to put up a whole bunch of numbers. And, but, you know, full disclosure, you still got to go out and do it. So, yeah. His, you know, uh, well, his offensive line was terrible. He had no running game. He did have DeAndre Hopkins, so he had that. But he gets sacked like sixty something times, times or something like that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Actually, I mean, more I, mean than that, I mean, I mean, when you have a when you have a mobile and athletic quarterback like that that likes to extend plays, I mean, naturally they're going to have more. They're going to get sacked more times. But it was, it was more so because of how horrible that offensive line was. So okay, that's yeah. so that's your top ten. Let's see what yep. how mine differs. Uh. I actually do still have Aaron Rodgers first. My top, uh, my top. I have Aaron Rodgers first. I actually have Tom Brady second. Okay. Uh, Patrick Mahomes third. I have Tom Brady over Patrick Mahomes because when they played in the Super Bowl uh, against each other, Brady kicked his ass. Uh, Mahomes yes. third. I have Josh Allen fourth. I have Matt Stafford fifth. Mm-hmm. Um. I just think when you go from when you go to the Lions and then you go to the Rams and you win the Super Bowl immediately, and if you think about their run, the only reason why they they uh, win in Tampa Bay is because you remember the end of that game. Oh, what a that crazy, bomb, ridiculous game the that bomb was! That, to Cooper Cup, how do you have single high safety with Cooper Cup on the streak up the middle? That I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. And then in the Super Bowl, the, the the Rams offense kind of struggled in the first half, but then the second half he really came uh, came along and uh, they won the Super Bowl. So he's fifth. Um, I actually have Justin Herbert sixth mm-hmm. ahead of Joe Burrow. Yep. I have Joe Burrow seventh. Okay. Um, I just think Justin Herbert is more physically gifted as a quarterback. Yeah, he hasn't made the playoffs yet, but he's also playing for uh, one of the piss-poor franchises uh, in the NFL. A very cursed organization. And in the Chargers, deservedly so. Uh, I have Deshaun Watson eighth. Uh, like I said, Deshaun Watson for me would be in the top uh, five if uh, he hasn't, or if he hadn't missed the whole season and had the uh, the cloud hanging over his head that he still does because we don't know when he's going to play. Yeah. Uh, I have Lamar Jackson ninth, or not Lamar Jackson. I have Russell Wilson ninth, or no, ninth. Yeah, ninth. Sorry. Yeah. And. Uh, I'm going to go with Derek Carr, 10th. Mm, in front of both Lamar Jackson and Dak Prescott. Yeah. I I mean, it's no secret on this podcast. I've, I've never been a believer in Lamar Jackson. It's not just because he plays for the Ravens. Well, part of it is. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you guys. A lot of it is. I tried to lie just now. A lot of it is. I, I've, I've also said a lot of times on this podcast that I actually love J- Lamar Jackson, how exciting he is and everything. I just don't think he's a good quarterback. He's the greatest athlete to ever play the position. And the guy doesn't win in the postseason either. Doesn't win the postseason, and he doesn't win outside the numbers throwing the football. Which is why I can't put him in my top eight either. 
Uh, I took Dak Prescott out um, just because. Um, I don't know. I, I, I he I, plays for the Cowboys. Well, there's that. I like Dak Prescott. I like a lot of what he stands for, especially off the field. His work with uh, uh, with mental health and, and and that sort of stuff. Um, I just I wanted to reward the season that Derek Carr just had, which was a fantastic season. There was. I mean, you talk about chaos going on off the field for that franchise with the whole John Gruden uh, saga that happened and they rallied they rallied that team and ended up making the playoffs I mean and that that's all on Derek Carr he's the leader of that team um, don't you find it amazing so I had to, had to reward that that the most high profile guy that got taken down in the whole Washington football team scandal was John Gruden who was on a you know coaching well, for a team for that now. was 3,000 miles away like <laughs> for now, but yes, I, I think there's there's uh, there's a lot still to happen uh, with that Washington football team thing, um, namely uh, their owner Daniel Snyder being subpoenaed by the House Oversight Committee to testify about all this stuff that's going on. Oh, he's gonna have a long commute then, to go there. Yeah, and well, well, so he's right now resisting that subpoena because he's on he's on his yacht in uh, 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 off of France. He's not even in the country. So France has an extradition treaty with the United States. They could, well, they, I could mean, they could get him. Well, you can't extradite a non-criminal. He's not being charged <laughs> with a crime. Jeez. Um, so get on it FBI. Do it. So yeah, I think I, I with regards getting back to the list, I think with Deshaun Watson, I think if he I don't know how much he's going to get suspended. I'm to the point where I'm convinced that your brother is right. Your brothers has been saying from the jump four to six games. I just can't see how he doesn't get suspended at all. Um, I can't see him skating this and not getting suspended. But I also think that uh, the NFL has done a horrific job of uh, trying to present whatever case that they think they have. Even if they don't have a case, they've done a terrible job of, pre- of presenting that they don't have a case. So, and a lot of this is on precedent because I think the NFLPA is hammering the fact that essentially Deshaun Watson and Robert Kraft did the same thing. Robert Kraft did not get penalized at all. Deshaun Watson can thank his lucky stars for Robert Kraft because that has really become the narrative now. And in the and in the, and and the CBA, the negotiated CBA, uh, it states that the owners are held to an even higher standard than any other NFL employee. So if Robert Kraft well skates, should. if Robert Kraft skates, I don't know how you can. I mean, the only way that I think you can get a suspension out of Sean Watson is because it's on such a grander scale of what he's uh, accused of. Right. So, but who knows? I mean, I think the briefs uh, were due today to Judge Sue Robinson, the arbitrator. And uh, I think that it's going to be at least a week before we hear any sort of ruling from her. I think the week, the the Friday before team reports to training camp or that Monday, I think we might hear something. And that would be either the 22nd or the 25th. Yeah. Okay. So the NFL could try and bury it in a news in a, in a Friday afternoon news dump, um, or they could start the week that they could start the week off 
the week that training camps open with that news. Either way, I believe we're going to know. I think we're going to know before training camp starts. I just think they've gone through this whole process. They've expedited it to uh, get everything going. I just think we're going to hear before training camp. Now, obviously, Sue Robinson is not beholden to – she can give down a ruling whatever she wants. If she says she needs more time and this has to go into, like, August, like, the NFL and the NFLPA and Deshaun Watson are at the mercy of her. Like, she's – right. She's the arbiter in all this, so we'll see what happens. But, uh, yeah. Um, so, anyway, uh, let us know what you think of our list. And, uh, yeah, we move on and we move forward. Right. So, speaking of quarterbacks, you notice there wouldn't, wasn't a quarterback in either of our lists. Uh, a time months ago, uh, many of our listeners probably would assume that I would have put this guy uh, in my list because – for the majority of his Browns career, I was, in fact, a Baker defender. I'm not going to call myself what they say on social media and call myself a Baker bro because Baker bros are beholden into a world of hyperbole when they talk about this quarterback. I believe that I've stayed within check on defending him and stayed within a realm of reality when defending him. Now... Here's the thing. Baker Mayfield was traded to the Carolina Panthers this week. Finally. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Um, I am not rooting for Baker Mayfield in week one at all. At all. Once week one is over, you best be damn sure I'm rooting for Baker Mayfield. And the number one reason above all, the Carolina Panthers play every other team in the AFC North this season. Right. Because if they play the Browns, then obviously they play all the other teams. Yes. So, okay, maybe not the whole season you should root for Baker Mayfield, but for three games this season, you guys should be rooting for Baker as if he was still the Browns quarterback. Absolutely you should. We need Baker Mayfield to beat the Bengals. We don't want Remember, the Bengals. Remember, or the Steelers. Baker Mayfield has never lost to Joe Burrow. Or the Ravens. We don't want any of them winning games. Yeah. So, I will be rooting for Baker Mayfield as if he still played for the Cleveland Browns on those three Sundays, or whenever they are. Mm -hmm. the, other, the other weeks, I really don't care. I'm focused on the Browns. But I will say, and we've had in our group, group texts, this is assuming Deshaun Watson is suspended for at least one game meaning mm -hmm. he misses week yes. one. Yes. Baker Mayfield's going to beat the Browns week one. I mean, the Browns were going to lose that game regardless because, you know, they just don't win in week Ex one. It, but exactly. now that's, it's that's just, the it's completely, I mean, this game could end up like 42 to 10 now. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be ugly. I don't know about that. <laughs> Baker's going to toss about five TDs and it's just going to be rough shot. Yeah. Well, he could also toss six interceptions. So you never know. But, more so, I'm thinking something happens, you know, one of our late in the game, one of our guys gets all juiced up because they really want to hit Baker because, you know, whatever. We don't know. We don't know what happened in the locker room last year, but it's obvious the locker room was fractured. Hmm. So, you know, there's guys on that defense that are going to want to get a little something extra in on Baker Mayfield. And I'm just thinking of something happening in the fourth quarter when, you know, we're up by two and Carolina's driving the ball 
and we get like a stupid ass roughing the passer penalty that, that puts the Panthers in field goal range, and we lose the game by one. I mean, I could see that happening. That would be such a Browns way to lose an we, opener. We are describing our absolute worst case scenarios right now. Yeah. For me, the worst thing is to get blown out completely in the games, like over by halftime. And what are you still doing there? For you, it's you're ahead for most of the game, and you're trying to cling on to a lead late, and you like lose at the buzzer. Self-inflicted <laughs> wounds. Yeah. <laughs> Self-inflicted wounds. It. What I'm what I'm thinking of is us hitting a field goal to go up two. With like a minute and a half left, uh, I can't remember his name. Who who's the kicker we drafted? What the hell is his the, name? The guy from LSU. Yeah, what's oh. his name? Oh, Cade uh, York. Yeah. Uh, he hits a field goal to go up by two with like a minute and a half left, and Baker gets the ball and it's moving the ball. Yeah, you know, okay, whatever. And then you know, Miles Garrett, boom, fifteen yards, roughing the passer, or Jadevian Clowney, or John Johnson uh, blitzing from the. Safety spot. Grant Delpit blitzing from the safety spot. Something like that. Helmet to helmet, roughing the passer. And then the Panthers end up kicking a field goal at, at the buzzer and winning. Hmm. That would be so Browns. And I know that's old Cleveland, and we're supposed to be uh we're supposed to be uh you know, upbeat, whatever, new Cleveland, blah blah blah. The only way I'm gonna be upbeat about this game in the season opener is if somehow Deshaun Watson does not get suspended and is playing. Because I believe that if he's playing, I think we we would win that game forty two to ten. The Jets best be uh, just not even getting on the plane because it's going to be a mess for them in week two. <laughs> Browns are going to leave Carolina feeling pretty chapped. Yeah. Well, at least that's what we think anyway. But uh, you know what? Starting zero one is is not out of the the norm for this group. So nope, that's what we always do. So. But, uh, but yeah, so Baker <laughs> Baker had his uh, press conference today and was quoted as saying uh, somebody asked him if he likes to hold grudges, and he gave a wry smile and says, uh, uh, I try not to. He was also quoted as saying that uh, somebody asked him, which is so stupid, it's the first game of the year, but I get it because of who, who he's playing. It's like, hey, do you have this one circled on the calendar? And he tried to be, he tried to be, uh, you know, well, that's a no bleep answer. Yeah, yeah. That, what's the uh, what's the uh, on, on Jim Rome? What's the Bryce Harper clip? Uh, that's a clown question, bro. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, we've got another two months to talk about this one, so uh, we shall see. It, you know what I'm waiting for is I'm waiting for it to get closer and closer, and to hear the sound bites that I'm sure are going to come out of both locker rooms. It's. Very spicy With that this, this matchup is in week one. I mean, can can the, yeah, N- the can, lead up is going to can be the NFL uh, can intense. the NFL flex a game in week one? <laughs> like, can we put can, like like that game needs to go on Sunday Night Football? <laughs> or hell, start the whole season with that game on Thursday night. I mean, I know I know generally they like to do ring night on Super Thursday Bowl. night. Yeah, uh, but they could be, you know they could have conceivably made this one of the the first game of that Monday night doubleheader they always do week one. True. You could have easily done that. True. You know, I, you know, the thing, did they make the schedule before Baker was, before the whole Deshaun Watson thing happened? I, or was that after that? The schedule, I don't know when they make the schedule, but the schedule was released after we traded for Deshaun Watson. Okay. 
But they probably you, they didn't know where Baker was going to land at that point. Well, but well, you also have to take into account that the NFL has maintained that that they want Deshaun Watson suspended for the whole year. So in their eyes, Deshaun Watson wasn't going to play at all, hmm. no matter who he got traded to. So you got to think of it from that standpoint, I guess. But uh, but yeah, it's going to be interesting. We're going to be talking about this uh, as the weeks lead up. We've got uh, what is it? September. When's the first game? September. When's the second Sunday in September? Second Sunday in September. Couldn't tell you exactly what date that is. Thirty. Uh, do the I math. Believe carry sep- I believe three. September 11th. Ooh, wow. Let's see. Yep, you're right. September 11th. Never forget. That's right. So, yeah, very interesting. So we'll we'll talk more about that as we get closer. But Baker Mayfield is no longer a Cleveland Brown. He is a Carolina Panther. And normally I would say done and dusted, but we play that team week one. So he's gone, but we still have to talk about him for another two and a half months. That's pretty amazing because these NFC teams, you only see them usually once every four years. I know. You might, you might see a few more commonly now, now that there's a 17th game. But, you know, yeah. that's a – you got a one out of four chance in the division that they're, they're in, the miscellaneous game is matched up against. Which this year is the Washington football team. So. Yeah. The Commanders. The Commandos. Owner is a moron. Their stadium is falling apart, and they even <laughs> every despite- year it's every year it seems like that that stadium busts a uh, bus a poop pipe or something, and there's just shit water raining down. You know, it was so bad that DC actually had to pull out of the bidding for hosting the World Cup in 2026. They had to basically say that they would play games in Baltimore instead because their yeah. stadium is just so bad. Well, I think they just announced that they're going to they're going to be getting a new stadium. So, I don't know when it's going to be built, but I'm I'm assuming the next 3 They're five probably going to build still. it on the site of the old RFK, which is a much better location than where the FedEx is in I Landover. Think, I think they said Fairfax, I think actually. Oh, no kidding. They're going to go into Virginia. Well, I think that's what they said, but I could be wrong on that. Well, no, I mean that sort of makes sense too. I mean but, yeah. You know, no matter where you put a stadium in D.C., it's going to be hard to get to. Oh, yeah. Because their highway infrastructure stinks and their metro. Is there well, worse traffic? Like, okay, like, but like, would, it, like other than Atlanta and L.A., is there worse traffic than D.C.? I don't think so, honestly. I mean, New York I mean City, Atlanta's perhaps. horrible. Atlanta's horrible. I got to believe New York is probably uh, worse. Yeah, New York, but, too, probably. But for a city of its size. Atlanta and D.C. both are, like, outsized Suck. in terms of how bad their traffic is. Oh, their infrastructure is terrible. Yeah, I've been through both, and it's just – you have random just random highway backups at, like, 2 in the afternoon on a Sunday. It's like, really? Okay. <laughs> it's like it's like, like, like like Strongsville during the holidays. Oh, we didn't mention that when we were doing BCAN earlier, but, like, well, it's cause we don't were trying go around to... South Park <laughs> Mall on Black Friday or yeah. any of the Saturdays up leading up to Christmas – yeah, stay stay away from the uh, what is it the uh, mile and a half stretch uh, between Pearl and eighty two and eighty two and seventy one. Stay yeah. away from it. Yeah, pain. But uh, but yeah, we we were trying to highlight the good parts of Strongsville. That that's unfortunately that's and you know when you have the second biggest mall in the state and there's only a there's only a few ways in and out of that mall. That's I mean, right. That's what you're. I mean, you literally the 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 south end of that mall. There's no, it's landlocked. There's, you, no, there's, there's no only way. one way out. It's on Howe Road, and yeah. that goes down to one lane almost immediately. So, yeah. Thanks a lot, uh, Mayor Ernfeld's house. For uh-huh. Not, not 
ha not why we don't have four lanes through there, why we don't have a slip ramp entrance to 71 off, off of Shermer either. Yeah. And one traffic light. Until you get to Drake Road. Well, even yeah. though you, you, I mean, you really don't need a traffic, another traffic light. Two. But. Well, you have one at Tracy Lane, you have one at, at Howe. About but, that uh, Shermer. But, yeah, so as we end the show, let's – let's. Uh, I don't really want to, but let's talk a little bit about the uh, the struggling Gardos. And uh, they are currently in the second game of a doubleheader, and they are getting blanked for nothing in the second game. So they will most likely split today's doubleheader. And real quick, before we get to the Guardians, i got to talk about something that uh, Tony La Russa did today in the first game. So it's the fifth inning. There's a runner on second base. Less than two outs. I can't remember if there was no outs or one out. Okay. Jose Ramirez is up. First pitch, strike. Actually, I think it was a foul ball. It was a foul ball. Football. 0-1 count. Tony La Russa elects to intentionally walk him. On an 0-1 count? On an 0-1 count. Hmm. <laughs> Have you ever seen that before? Uh, Outside no. of maybe to Barry Bonds in the, in the late 90s, early 2000s? I don't know if his thought was initially to go for what I call the unintentional intentional walk. No. And then the pitcher just threw it too close and got away with a meatball or something. No. Well, because I, no, because intentional walks in baseball now, they don't they don't throw pitches anymore. If you intentionally walk somebody, they just immediately send them to the base. Well, that's true. It's just the unintentional. yeah, no, he followed the unintentional off. intentional walk is when you like you're trying to get a yeah. guy out by getting yeah. maybe he fishes and if by he not throwing him just, a strike. You just put yeah. him on base. You just you do that a lot of times to batters who are naturally more aggressive. Yeah, uh, like a Framil Reyes or something like that. Um, but uh, yeah, that was interesting. There, they I, I watched a, a video highlight of it on Twitter with the uh, Chicago White Sox announcers, and uh, the one guy said to the next, he's like, hey. Uh, uh, you want to uh, you want to explain this one to me? Uh, f- foul <laughs> foul ball and strike one, and then you decide to put him on base. And the other guy's like, "Yeah, yeah, I understand the question. I, I really don't have an explanation for you. There's no there's no way of explaining what the hell just happened." I'm like, "You actually said that on air?" Yeah, the White Sox broadcast. I mean, I don't know if that's word for word, but it was something to that effect. Yeah. So uh, the Guardians are coming off uh, probably, not probably, most definitely their toughest week of the season. Uh, coming off coming off a stretch where they played uh, Minnesota eight times, uh, Boston and New York. Uh, you thought that uh, easier times would come our way getting the Tigers and the Royals last week. And um, we played uh, seven games last week. The Guardians won one of them. They played even worse against those teams, way worse against yeah. those teams than they did against the good teams. They got the four. Yankees, the Twins, and the Red Sox. Yeah, they went six and eight in that fourteen game golden stretch. Some, golden sombrero for the Tribe uh, last week, not this past weekend, but the weekend before in Detroit. They lost four straight to the Tigs in Motor City. How in the world do you lose four straight to the Tigers? I don't know, but then they lost, and then they followed that up with losing two. Two out of three against the uh, Royals, and on Friday night, they had uh, uh, Framil Reyes hit a two-run home run in the seventh inning to give them a three-one lead, and the bullpen blew it. Then they proceeded on Saturday to win thirteen to one, and then 
any time the Guardians explode for 10 or more runs, what do they almost always do the very next day? Blanked. They score zero or one runs, and they lost 5-1 to one on Sunday. I mean, that, that pretty much explains most of this stretch. They're just not hitting. No. Aside, aside from one or two games, they're just and not. And the pitching is, has not been great either, but they've they've lost the, a fair share of, you know, 3-2, 4-0 you know, type games in there as well. The bullpen has certainly struggled over the last couple of weeks. That's for sure. That's not encouraging either, but it's not no. like they're playing with a lead for much of this. No, I mean, bullpens are fickle. Stretch. Fickle to begin with, but. Yeah, it's not good. Uh, Shane Bieber, though, with an absolute gem of a performance. He had a sub-100 pitch complete game today in the in the first uh, game. Gave up one run late, uh, was mainly pitching a shutout most of the day. Um, and then uh, they've they've got some kid named Connor Pilkington starting the game today, which is – I mean, he, he didn't pitch poor, He didn't pitch that poorly. It's They only gave up four runs, but – That sounds like a bullpen game to me. Yeah, they got blanked. They're, they're getting blanked, so yeah. – um, yeah, it's a struggle. And like you said, I think you said it before we started recording, um, it doesn't get any easier coming out of the All-Star break. No, and see, that's the biggest thing that worries me because... This could get away from them fast. Yeah, it very well could. You know, when you look at this week where they play the White Sox three times and now or actually four times, and then you got to go and, well, the Tigers come in. I mean, the Tigers just blanked you four straight they're now coming into your building for four straight. Like, yeah, they need turnabout. Needs we to be fair play absolutely, there. Uh, Guardians absolutely need to come around and serve some revenge here. Because listen to this. Once you get out of the All-Star break, first you play the White Sox for four. But then after that, and that's in Chicago, then you have to go to Boston for four. Mm. Then you got to go to Tampa for three. Oy. Yeah, oi. Following that, they play the Diamondbacks, but then after that, they got to play four against Houston. We don't ever. It doesn't matter who it is. It, even even the Orioles have given us trouble. The AL East, we just suck against the AL East. How are we doing against the Orioles? I think we we beat the Orioles three out of four. I think earlier this year, but yeah, they're not like the easiest out in the world. Sometimes uh, they're actually playing well right now. Really? They're they're in the playoff hunt right now. Forty three and forty four. That's guys. 43 and 44 is the Orioles record right now. That's only a game behind the Guardians at 43 and 42. The Guardians are in second place in the AL Central. The Orioles are last in the AL East. Yeah. One game they under They are 500 right now despite having a schedule that includes them having to play the Yankees, the Red Sox, and the Rays and the Blue Jays, all of whom are over 500 some significantly 19 times. Yeah, I mean, you talk about a murderer's row of a division. My god. The Orioles are 8 and 2 in their last Ten. The Blue Jays are actually one and nine. Oddly enough, Oof, they're, going, they're, they're going in the other direction. They're like they're like the Guardians right now. The Blue Jays are just a game in front of the Guardians at forty five and forty two. So, yeah. So it's it's going to be tough sledding. Good news though, it continues to be the fact that the Twins are not exactly going anywhere. Forty eight and forty. The only reason the Guardians have fallen behind by more is because they've been so bad themselves. So, I mean, yeah, theoretically losing. losing Losing six out of your last seven in the Again, division the hurts. AL, the AL Central is bad. Garbage. It is, Garbage. It is bad. 85 wins literally could win the division the way yeah. the way this is going here. If, we were, if, if you swapped us and the Orioles, 
The Orioles are probably winning the AL Central, and we probably have one of the worst records in baseball. Yeah, the Orioles, at the very least, would be right up next to Minnesota when you consider the, the schedule differential. In fact, they, they're right. They're probably in first place. Yeah. And same we're pro- thing and, with Toronto. And we're probably on a 100-loss pace if, if you put us if in we, the AL Oh, East. yeah. We had to play it 19 times against the Yankees, the Red Sox, and the Rays. Yeah. Yeah, forget it. Good grief. So, yeah, it, we're, we're lucky to be in probably the worst division in baseball. And uh, we'll see what happens. You know, we've we've always said this, and it, it, it's played out. You know, Terry Francona teams are always second-half teams. So, man, that's that losing six out of seven stretch really hurts. But I don't think they're out of it. You know, they're not. But, again, they're going to have to play really well. Coming. Now, if they can in these 10 games or 11 games they're playing against the White Sox and, the, and they won the first two games against the White Sox. It looks like they're going to lose tonight, but – if they're able to go like eight and three, nine and two might be pushing it. But like if, if they can win eight of these eleven games against you know White Sox and Tigers, that'll get them back up you know six or seven games over five hundred. That'll give them a little bit of a buffer going into that ridiculous stretch, and then maybe you can sort of survive because again they went eight, they went six and eight against Boston, Minnesota, and the Yankees. Yeah, they do something like that again against the Rays and the Red Sox and Houston, you're, you're still like maybe four or five games over, and the schedule from there is pretty easy mm-hmm. the rest of the way. Yeah, you just got to get through so the stretch. So if you can get to – that would be about August 10th. If you can get through about August 10th and you're not more than like five games behind Minnesota, yep. it's still doable. Yep. But the Guardians made their task a heck of a lot harder this past week by yeah. playing as poorly as they did. 100%. 100%. So we'll see what happens. Uh, quick, quick news note: uh, the Guardians will have three representatives at the uh, at the All Star uh, festivities, with uh, Emmanuel Clase, Andres Jimenez, and Jose Ramirez being uh, announced to the AL All Star roster. That's got to be the. F- when did we last have more than three? Was it 2016, 2017? Maybe, uh, probably 2017. Lindor, we Brantley, had had at least like Lindor, Brantley, Ramirez, probably a couple pitchers. Kluber, Kluber, yeah, yeah. So, um, and that team won 102 games. Yeah, so we shall see what happens. That, you know how I talk about the Cavaliers sometimes, and I, I say, don't like limping. I don't like limping to the All Star break. I will you, say that that's very well. That's why they, that's another reason why they got a play strongly yeah. this week. Yeah. They don't want this malaise to just kind of hold right. over themselves all through the break, too. But what I was getting to was, you know how I sometimes talk about the Cavaliers, and I say 2009, 2015 are the years that haunt me? Yeah. 2000, I mean, you could, everybody talks about 2016. 2017 is the year that haunts me for the Indians. They won 102 games. They had a 22-game win streak. They had everything going. They had a 2 nothing lead on the Yankees in the You know what round. they were? And they just completely crapped the bed. They were a team that peaked too early. That yeah, year. I guess so. They were peaking in August when they had that win streak. It, I, 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 I see your point. I don't know how 2016 can't be uh, your most. I mean, we got to within extra innings series. of Game Seven. It was 97 over again, and they were better in 2016 than they were in 97. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's about like like 2017. Yeah, hurts, but I mean, we didn't even come close in the end in the playoffs to to getting there. 2016, we were there. We were literally looking at that trophy right in the face. 
and that oh i want to drop an f-bomb so bad that mother bleeping rain delay killed us we had all the momentum in the world after that rajay davis home run and that damn rain delay it didn't help i don't i'm not here to say that we would have won the game if it didn't rain that that's kind of ridiculous but i mean it certainly didn't help yeah well there's Chicago Cubs players that say that that's the only reason why they won is because they got that rain delay. Really? Yeah, they felt completely shell-shocked after that Rajay Davis home run. And they got that rain delay that lasted about half an hour, 45 minutes, did, where they were able to recompose themselves did, and regroup. Did Joe Buck's boo say that? <laughs> Schwerber. Kyle Schwerber? Yeah, I don't remember who said it, but Who's somebody now said in the Phillies, and oh, my gosh. Did you I see actually, the- I actually think it was I think, I actually think it was Anthony Rizzo who said it. Mm. Who's now mashing home runs at uh, at at the short porch, in a skanky uniform? Getting back to this season, I mean, we don't usually go around the league as far as MLB goes very often, but there's something I got to point out here: mm. this general mediocrity to bad that we are seeing in the AL Central. It honestly is kind of all around baseball. Just off the top of your head, Dan. Mm-hmm. Can you guess for me how many teams in baseball out of 30 are at least 10 games over 500 right now? Yankees. Well, you didn't have to name the teams, actually, but, I mean, Well, I'm going to try cool. and name them in my head. Okay. That's uh, one. Yeah, actually, I will try and name them. Yankees, okay. Mets. That's two. Dodgers. That's three. Doing really good. Giants? No. No? Uh, Astros. Astros, that's four. I don't think the Red Sox are. No, they're forty-seven and forty. There's no, obviously, there's nobody from the AL Central. Twins are forty-eight and forty, so no. Uh, Phillies? No. no, but there is another team from that division. Atlanta that is. Atlanta is. That's five. I don't think there's anybody from the Central. No, there's not. Brewers are in first place at forty-eight and thirty-nine. Is there anybody else from the? There's from the one West. Yeah. Is it the Rockies? It's not the Rockies. They're actually in the last. Diamondbacks. No. You named every other team in the division besides this team. Who did I Who did I miss in that division? A Wales vagina. Oh, the Padres. <laughs> San Diego. Yes, they are 50 and 38. But I, this underscores the point. There's only six teams in baseball. There are at least 10 over 500. Yeah. There's a lot of just general mediocrity to bad out there and i think part of that is the teams at the top are just absolutely steamrolling dodgers 56 and 29 uh a lot of baseball to be played same record yankees 61 and 25 so i mean it it really looks you know the pay the playoffs in baseball are often kind of like the nhl where it's kind of unpredictable this year doesn't look like it's gonna be i mean things could change but like we could have upsets but it's not looking that way it's looking like it's going to be one or of three or maybe four teams tops that walks away with the World Series this year. Unless unless somebody gets hot at the end, like I, I will always bring up this example: the St. Louis Cardinals in 2006 got into the playoffs with a record of 83 and 79. They won the World Series because yeah. they got hot in the playoffs. Their division and again, stunk. and again, I don't really have a have a position to equate and this had- to. But it's like the NHL to where if you get a hot goalie in the playoffs, you can beat anybody. Yeah. Like, you can be an eight seed in the in the NHL playoffs. You get a hot goalie, you can take down the one seed in, in the first round, no problem. 
And I'm trying to think back to that season. Uh, one thing that really helped St. Louis is that they had one of the best hitters in baseball, maybe the best, the Wolves, yeah. and two, one or two of the best pitchers also. Yeah. I think it was was it Chris Carpenter and Adam Wainwright. Wainwright, yeah. So I don't know if they just suffered with injuries throughout the season or whatever, but like it just all clicked once they got to the postseason. Yeah. The Mets actually were the best team in the NL that year, and they took them out in the NLCS and then uh, won the World Series too. So the Mets, oh the Mets. That's you know. Out of all the teams that are up there at the top, that's the one I just can't take seriously. I yeah. mean, maybe they'll do it for. They're once, one of those teams I that just... there's one of those teams like I don't care what you do in the regular season, you've yet to prove it. Because like Atlanta's technically, I mean, they're two and a half games behind them in the division. Well, but Atlanta, like, Atlanta's the defending champion. Yeah, like yeah. I mean, they're much more legit in my eyes than the Mets are. Yeah, well, they have the track record, at least the recent track record. So. Okay, well that that is our Guardians rate recap uh, for where we stand, and uh, yeah, we'll see what happens as we go into the All Star break. When we talk to you guys next, uh, we'll be in the All Star break, I, I think. Yeah, Tuesday. We will. Next Tuesday is usually Home Run Derby night, I think. Uh, Monday. Monday. The actual All Star game is Tuesday. Game. Okay. Um, honestly, I thought that segment was going to be a lot more doom and gloom than it was. I'm actually feeling a lot better now off of that. Well, I think I think. You know, you, you talk about the AL Central being pro- probably the worst division in baseball. I mean, it's it probably the two central, the two central divisions, the two central divisions are, divisions are, are awful. Yes, yeah, the middle of the country is terrible. The, the this Brewers year in and the Cardinals are basically analogous to the Twins and the Guardians yeah. in the NL Central, and the other three teams analogous. All There's your word of the week. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I, I mean, thought it was going to be. I mean, listen, they're not in a good spot right now. They just lost six out of seven to. Uh, to the Tigers and the Royals, uh, they they won the first two games of the series of the White Sox, but they're getting shut out right now. Who knows what's going to happen tomorrow against the White Sox? And then, you know, we've got probably because of what happened last week, we have the most uh, the most uh, important ten game stretch of the season coming up. They need to gather. Every, they, okay, what they need to do are the Guardians. They need to go to Lowe's. They need to go to Menards. They need to go to Home Depot. They need to, they need to bring out every broom in Cleveland and get ready to broom the Tigers this weekend the Wait, way they were in where, Detroit. What was that last place you said? Home Depot? Home Depot. I actually need to go to Home Depot this weekend. Ah, oh, the joys of home ownership. Yeah, so. All right. Well, yeah, yeah. Agreed. Let's go get some brooms. Let's Home Depot's in Strongsville too. Yeah. the uh, The Tigers swept us back to Cleveland. Let's sweep their ass back to Detroit. So. But uh, yeah, that's gonna do it for us on this episode of Living Off the Land. This was episode two nineteen. Uh, you can follow us on social media at the L O T L podcast. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. We certainly appreciate it. For Stephen. I'm Dan. You've been listening to Living Off the Land, LOTL, episode 219. We'll see you next week. 